Well, hit it. Well, hit it. Yeah. Well, hit it. Three songs. Three songs. Three songs. Three songs. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. 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 Three songs. Three songs. Oh yeah. Episode 149 of Three Songs Podcast, February 9th, 2021. You're Bob Nastanovich. I'm Mike Hogan. You're in Des Moines. I'm in Portland. How you doing, Bob? There we go. Yeah, really good. A uh, quick shout out to my buddy Paul Dickinson in St. Paul. Paul of St. Paul. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah, Paul of St. Paul from Francis Scum. He sent me a beautiful book today and two beautiful Francis Scum stickers. Wow. Francis Scum looking. Yeah. Francis Scum. I have all those records. Seven inches? Yeah. Yeah. Three P's. Really uh, bam. It's funny. You played wingtip sloat recently. And I the think... Sloat, the sloat and the um, gum, they uh, kind of floated together. They did. I think I bought both wingtip sloat and Francis gum from the Ajax catalog way back in the early 90s. Um, good old... Uh, and you were satisfied when Tim I, Adams sent you the package. Tim Adams, yes. I was... <laughs> I was um, <laughs> Thank you for filling in the last name. I knew it was Tim, but I couldn't remember Adams um, from yeah, Ajax. Tim Adams. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure I bought them both on the strength of his reviews in the Ajax catalog. So, well, he was a very good music reviewer. He Maybe was. he still is. Who knows? He could be. Um, but he definitely turned me on to a lot of great music that I still love. So, thank you, Tim Adams, wherever you may be on this <laughs> on this February evening. Um, so yeah, episode 149, we're going to do episode 150 tomorrow. We have a special guest, but we can talk about that later, or we can just let people listen in. Um, we have a Canadian rocket coming in. We and do. And we also um, have, we have stickers. That's now. right. We've got, we're going to figure out how to distribute them. Right. Um, we have stickers. How many stickers do we have? Come up with a game plan. I don't know. In the neighborhood of 100 plus sort of okay. thing, but under 150. Okay. Sheets. So, so not yeah they're um, little they're like um they're little they're like just shy of two by two inches and um they're multicolored. it's our logo and, i mean um, they're cool that, i'm thinking that's a somewhat finite number of stickers um if you think about well you know, you know we keep things finite we, around here you know like uh, i think them. we actually maybe have 149 which would be you know <laughs> fortuitous i'm not kidding and, yeah that might yeah. be and um, uh, appropriate but, um we're going to sign and number them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll get them out to you, and we'll figure out um, the best way to distribute them. Okay. In terms of uh, charitable donations for good charities. Yeah. So I like that. best okay. way to do things. So. Well, cool. More to come on that. Um, but let's dive into it. Let's They're play in some sheets. music. I'll be cutting them into sheets. She- oh, look I'll at it. I'll take the sheets. I'll be cutting them into individual stickers because I got uh, a pair of scissors for Christmas. <laughs> I had a pair of scissors for Christmas put- and an um, apple slicer that already broke. You're putting them to good use. That's good. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I will start off the show by playing some early 80s L.A. punk rock. 
No, yeah, come on now. You're not messing around tonight, are we? I'm, we're not messing around. You're playing some good stuff. I'm excited about what you're playing. I know some of it, but not all of it. So um, in all of it, I'm excited to hear because um, the stuff that I do know is, is stuff that, uh, you know, we've gone 149 episodes without playing and um, not because I don't like it. So we can talk about that when it comes. But for now, I'll I'll start with a band called Legal Weapon. Um, They formed in 1980 in L.A. Uh, Cat Arthur on vocals and Brian Hansen on guitar. And then they had kind of rotating bassists and drummers throughout their career. But I'm going to play something off their first EP, 1981, on Arsenal Records. Uh, The 12-inch is called No Sorrow. It's like pre-major label legal weapon. Pre-major legal label legal weapon. Um, you know, they. I think they put out stuff on Triple Triple X. Um, MCA for sure. Yeah. And, they, um, well, their bass player Patricia Morrison. She went on to be in Sisters of Mercy and The Damned, and I think the Gun Club even. Didn't it? Yeah. Could could be. And then later, their bass player Steve Reed was the sound man for years and years for um, Firehose and Mike Watt. Um, that's kind of how I knew Steve Reed. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. That's cool. Anyways, really su- it, which one are you going to play? Super good guy. Um, so I'm going to play Hostility from the uh, No Sorrow EP, 12-inch EP. Uh, I, I checked the other day. Let me look right now. Um, if you were just feeling like you wanted to have the original 12-inch version on Arsenal Records that was released in 1981... There is, you know, you're in luck because there is one copy available currently <laughs> on Discogs, and it will set you back $595 plus shipping. So, Don't buy it. <laughs> Listen to the uh, song here. Yeah, just just check yeah. it out here. Uh, Save your money. Here you go. And, and <laughs> the badass Cat Arthur on vocals. Rest her soul. She passed away a few years ago. But, um, yeah, legal weapon, hostility.
Seriously, yeah. I mean, they were around at the same time as X and the Weirdos and the Bags. And, you know, they, they remind me a little bit of the Avengers from San Francisco area. Oh, yeah, they were great. Um, but just a really... Definitely the best cover ever of a Rolling Stones song about the Avengers. <laughs> Paint It Black. Paint It Black. Yeah, they, yeah, that's right. Yeah. For sure. I love that Avengers record. Um, but, you know, Legal Weapon, for whatever reason, I only recently discovered them and kind of been getting into them lately uh, I, for whatever reason i missed them early on um, they rubbed your engine yeah you know i mean and that's the sort of thing i mean i would imagine they would have played a show maybe with you know x the weirdos and legal weapon and yeah those six well those six band bills yeah, too like the bags the one and, band that played first like played three songs that like never played a gig before and then like sure clean all their stuff up and then like now here come the big bands like you know yep they got a thing you know in and out you know back when the batinee punk rock was real for sure so i i figured I, i'd start the, the the show strong with a little as you that put was it, strong archival punk rock from legal weapon <laughs> So yeah. Anyways, I'll shift us over to England. Cool. Um, I think I think everything I'm going to do uh, on the shows from the UK, and I'm going to take us to Essex and uh, kind of a legendary poet, Martin Newell, is also a very prolific songwriter. Who I understand that you're um, a fan of. I am absolutely. Yeah, and um, most of his recorded music is under the band name The Cleaners from Venus, mm-hmm. and he's again very prolific. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it he put out, I believe, himself on a label called Man at the Off License, which, of course, is a liquor store. <laughs> the off, the offy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's where you buy your booze in England, uh-huh. at the Off License. Got it. See, I'm not even that hip. Yeah, the offy, man. Like, when, when, when does the offy close, Mike? Ten, we better <laughs> get down there and load the fridge, because we'll be up all night. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Anyways, this is Martin Newell, and I'm going to play a couple from him because they're pretty short. Um, we'll talk after each one, but uh, I'm going to show two different sides of his songwriting. Um, again, he's one of those artists, like, poet first, music second, but, like, you know, when you're a poet and you need an outlet, then often you turn to music, and that's mm-hmm. a successful means. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, we'll talk about his general under celebration and his overall brilliance but this is helpless off of his 1981 album which i believe was either his first or second it's called blow away your troubles the song's called helpless it's a love song
You want to, you want to go straight into the next one, or you want to talk? Well, I mean, well, yeah. What do you, you know? What's your Martin Newell experience? Um, you know, he's somebody that I don't know nearly enough of, but I've the stuff that I've heard, I've really liked because, um, honestly, I got into him both Cleaners of Venus and his solo, I guess, quote unquote, solo work or work under his own name, which. In my mind, I can't really t- necessarily tell the difference because, as far as I know, he plays everything. Thing. Yeah, he just chooses to release the some things. Englishman, I think you know, which you mentioned, um, but that Andy Partridge right. recorded on a tiny budget. Right, greatest um, living Englishman is probably his best known and considered his masterpiece. Um, yeah, and ninety three that was that's ninety three. Yeah, I mean, he's somebody that I heard about and got into probably. 20 some odd years after he first started recording and by that time he'd had such a oh, massive started in 80. right right so i didn't get into him until you know mid 2000s at least uh maybe even later and it was just this massive discography that i kind of didn't know really where to start and so everything i've heard i've really enjoyed but i haven't really been able to get my arms around everything he's done uh, and I just kind of think of him as this UK DIY uh, four-track much so. pioneer, sort of similar in some ways to a maybe a UK version of Chris Knox. Uh, or uh, I'm yeah, to, fair enough. I think that's you know fair enough. You know, like just just somebody who has made a life if not necessarily a living or maybe scratched out a living while making a a life around music. 
and doing it their own way. I don't know Martin, but I imagine that he's rather satisfied. Who knows? I mean, like maybe he's, maybe what propels him forward is. I just mean it from the is, standpoint of he's not selling millions of records, and he's no, no, you know, he's rather obscure. Yeah, right. But um, but it's but he's doing this presumably while at least in the beginning also working a day job scraping together rent money doing whatever he needed to do in order to allow himself to make all these records and put these records and, out himself and, and and a vehicle for his poetry sure you know sure sure you know i mean i th- i think a not necessarily music style wise but at least in terms of that do it yourself ethic um a, a similar comparison might be Billy Childish. Very good comparison. Certainly a contemporary was you yeah. know a poet releasing his own books and records and whatnot. And yeah, so that yeah, I think that's a great comparison. But yeah, I mean, um, I, I love Billy his Childish stuff. from Kent. He was a yeah. visual artist. He is. I mean, he's yeah more famous for that. Really, I think it's know? crazy. It's crazy. Um, all right, yeah. let's play. Let's play the second song you wanted to play, and then we'll yeah, talk play, more. Um, I'm going to play a song from his 1999, 1991 record um, called Number Thirteen. It's also on Man at the Off License, and it's um, called No Go for Lewis McNeese. And Lewis McNeese is a um, poet from Belfast who must have influenced uh, Martin's poetry in some way. And this one has quite a bit more. It's got a, a different vibe, a lot of social commentaries. It's amusing in a lot of ways. It's very clever. It's a no-go for Lewis McNeese by uh, the Cleaners from Venus. It's no-go, the acid house. It's no-go, stone roses. All we want is a hooded shirt and an ecstasy psychosis. A day return to Manchester, a pair of purple kickers. Never mind the records, get the t-shirts and the stickers. Johnny Normal got a job, a mortgage and a motor. Claimed his dad was Dylan and he came from Minnesota. Conda generation of smiling hippie tossers who shaved their beards and trimmed their hair but failed to cut their losses. It's no go for Live Aid, it's no go the wagons. All we want is crystals and our dungeons and our dragons. Darren, Darren, Wayne and Shane, Kylie, Kevin, Jason. Beat a blind man half to death with his own Alsatian. It's no go, your arty films, it's no go, your passion. There's a shopping mall and some pissy ice street fashion It's no go, Kinokio, and good night, Ronnie So kiss goodbye with a lullaby and a strawberry-flavoured Johnny It's no go humility and no go our nation What we've got is a yuppie farm with superannuation Sarah Septic lives in France and drives a Lamborghini Saves her whales with metaphors and claims that she's a greenie Old MacDonald had a farm, then he had another Then he had another and another and another It's no go the hospital, it's no go education All we want is a line of whiz on Piccadilly station No go registration, 
All we want is a summons and a year or two probation. Don't pay! Brian Jones, the Rolling Stone, coming down and itching. There you see virginity, face down in the river. Write yourself a get well soon and send it to your liver. Cleaners from Venus. So, I'm sorry, what did you say? I said cleaners from Venus. The cleaners from Venus. And like that, That I mean, I think that shows its magic as a wordsmith. Yeah. <laughs> Write yourself a get well letter and send it to your liver. <laughs> liver, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. And like, it's very 1991 UK. Yeah, and, um, and very bitter. Like, you know, things like the Sleaford Moss. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of brilliant um, things going on. I mean, obviously, the fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Marky Smith, but like, um, and hundreds of others. Country Teasers. Um, We've not, we haven't yeah, played. Country Teasers, yeah. We haven't yet, played them. Yeah. They're a great band. Yeah, we'll get to them. But yeah. like, um, you know, Newell is like very formidable. Sure. And like, um, that's a real favorite. Yeah. Of, of mine, of that he's done but for, for sure and and um you know you mentioned the fall and sleaford mods there's there's a musicality to his lyrics and vocals um that even though it, it's it's kind of harsh and bitter there's still this kind of lyricism to it that i don't, I don't want to say doesn't exist with sleaford mods or the fall but is um I don't know. It's a little more melodic and less acerbic in some ways. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, different kind of smartass. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. yeah. It's, it's, it's danceable, more of a jolly one, almost. but also very biting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sure. No, no. Generally, like, yeah. None of his music is too harsh. Right. In terms of like the overall sound. Right. Um, it, uh, you know, when you get an artist like that, who's really special, is who's made an incredible amount of material. Um, it's all about the words. And so the music is just a vehicle for the words. It's yeah. words first, music second. Yeah, and, um, you know, when I think of his stuff, I think of just a lot of really, really good catchy pop songs. Um, in fact, uh, we didn't do it, but around Christmas, I debated doing a Christmas episode, Christmas-themed episode, um, 
where I was going to play songs, Christmas songs that you don't really hear as, you know, at Christmas. Uh, and I was we'll thinking... Save it for next year, mate. I could, but I was thinking about... Do you know the Cleaners from Venus song um, about Christmas? No, I don't. No. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking for it right now as I go through my um, iTunes... Uh, it's it's something. It's about like um, it's easy to be I mean, cynical. Good morning, like we're happy that Christmas is well behind us because that you know generally at Christmas it means there's at least two months of winter left. Yeah, right. Don't uh, take us back, mate. No, sorry, I won't. Um, and it's okay. No, you can you can if you want. Um, and it's well, there's there's a song called Christmas in Suburbia. Um, that's good. Well, I'll save it for next time. We'll we'll we'll, we'll um. Save it for next Christmas. Yeah, you know, ten months from now, when it gets to be the holiday season, we can do a uh, Christmas songs that you don't hate episode, and yeah. I'll play Cre- make, Cre- make Christmas not great again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's sakes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, thank you for playing Martin Newell. Thank you for playing Cleaners from Venus because I yeah love that stuff and. Um, I, There's a lot there, and like right. if, you're, if you're a if you're a completist, then yeah. good for you. Because I'm not, and Mike's not. I I had I had been trying to figure out a way to kind of crack his discography and play something on the show, but it was almost so uh, daunting that I didn't really know where to start, and I didn't want to just like randomly pick some song from some album when I hadn't heard the whole thing, you know, to decide what what I did, was that I wanted to, to focus on. So thank you. Yeah, no, what I did was I randomly did listen to about 20 to 30 songs and picked two that, that I adore. You that know? works. That works too. That works. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, um, I'm going to go kind of the opposite in terms of the amount of music available from someone's discography. And I'm going to go much more finite uh, from an artist who was born, I believe, in... Uh, boy, uh, let me check here. He was born in Georgia. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia, in the early 40s, and he passed away in 97. Um, and despite being around for 56-some-odd years, only put out a handful of 7 inches and one full-length LP... Um, a total like Atlanta legend. Atlanta legend. Atlanta soul music legend. The named, Royal Peacock named uh, Lee Moses. Yeah, Vincent Lee, man. Lee Moses uh, put out his first put out a series of seven inches in 1967, uh, and I want to play one of those. Um, he did he did ramble on up to the NYC, but very. Total Atlanta. That's true. I mean, in in the full length LP that he re- recorded and released in 1971, called Time and Place, I believe was recorded in New York. Uh, but yeah, he spent most of his time in Atlanta for sure. And I, I think there's now a documentary. I haven't seen it, but there's a documentary called Time and Place about Lee Moses. Cool. And That's he's, cool. you know, we talked about this on the show. Very famous album. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a collector's item, especially if you can find an original. Oh yeah, you're not gonna find this for five hundred ninety five bucks. No, um, but uh, <laughs> you know we we've talked about you know artists who are kind of not in the right time and place. I think that's that, that fits. a theme of yours on this podcast, Mike. It like, is a little bit of a you theme. You can either pay like eight hundred for this, or I can play a song for free. 
Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's I I play the songs. I notice you do that all the time. Like you you can actually get this in your house on yeah good and good quality on vinyl for eleven hundred dollars or I'll play. Yeah, or or the flip side is I'll play Very generous that way. I'll, I'll I, save you I, like you know. I, I will. I will. That's true. I will do that, or I will play. Um, I don't know some uh, <laughs> dump truck record or dump that's truck song that's available. You know, you know, you can find five copies in very good condition for you know two bucks. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that you do that. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. way you do your your discogs research. Yeah, no, it's you know it's fun. Anyway, so uh, Lee Moses, <laughs> nineteen sixty seven. I'm going to play both sides of his Bad Girl seven inch um, Bad Girl parts one and two. It'll be maybe a slight pause as it fades between the two, but uh, sit back and enjoy it. Um, you know, it's about five minutes in total. Uh, so here you go, Limo. Fantastic. This is a song about a bad girl. Something that happened to me a long time ago. Everybody was telling me how the little girl was running around. But I had a head of my own. And I just wouldn't listen to nobody. My father, he told me, my mother sat down and cried. Said, son, this woman will break your heart. And then she'll put you down. That's when I told mama these words. Lord, how much. Another thing, I said, Dear God, I may be wrong for saying these words. 
wonder why this happened with that woman. That be shield. Oh, pain and all agony. So I'm like, will always be these. Give me, darling. Give me, darling. But I gotta have all that mercy. Yeah, Lee Moses. <laughs> yeah, kind of brought James Brown feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, for sure. I mean, he kind of like jumping out of his skin, sort of vocals. Um, yeah, but uh, bad girls let him in. That's yeah, that's right. He likes the bad girls, um, or at least that bad girl. Dangerous lot. Uh, but yeah, you know, can imagine what it would have been like to see him live. Um, Chaos. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Lee. Well, I know where you and I would have been. That, right up front. No. <laughs> stand, standing back by the bars. Unless you want to dance. Uh, yeah, it depends on my mood, I guess. We've, yeah. <laughs> When's the last time you went ape shit on the dance floor? Uh, it's, been a, it's been a while. Uh, it's been, it's <laughs> definitely been a while. Um, yeah. yeah, it's sort of not my vibe. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably more of a dancey guy than you are. Uh, Although our moves are probably very similar, I imagine you're pretty athletic on the dance floor. Uh, sure, yeah, why not? I mean, once if if I figure like I'm gonna make a fool of myself, I just I go all out. Like I don't do like I'm either I either don't dance or I'm like completely like don't give a shit and making a fool of myself because as soon as you start dancing as like a white dude, skinny white dude like me with no rhythm. If you're self-conscious, <laughs> you, you, I just can't even imagine it. If, if you're self-conscious, you're screwed because, uh, no, you got a lot of rep. You gotta be, yeah, right. So you just, you just can't care. Dude, you just yeah. have to go with it. Um, or you just, you, you don't, it's one or the other. It's, there's no in between for me. Just dance like a fool. Right. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, like have fun and don't care. That's the key. Well, I'm going to take us to a place where, where I imagine there's not a whole hell of a lot of dancing because I'm going to visit the remote island of Ike, Lost Map Records, Johnny Lynch, our man from Pictish Trail. That's right, your buddy. Yeah. Well, I wish I knew him. 
Oh, I um, thought you knew him. No? Yeah, I've never met him. Okay. But, uh, you know, you and I were friends for that, two years, so I hadn't met you. But, I, you know, I look forward to hanging out with Johnny. That's true. On the island of Ig, where he runs the wonderful Lost Map Records. And, like, um, he's got a new artist, newish, on the label, a young man, Lucas uh, Clausen, C-L-A-S-E-N, Clayson Clausen, who's a... I believe a young Glaswegian who performs under the band name of Sulka, S-U-L-K-A. And uh, he very recently, in the last couple of weeks, uh, released an album called Take Care 2021. I'm going to play a couple of songs off of it. Um, Porch, they're showing. And you can just back-to-back them, just like you did Lee. With Lee, yep. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, again, like... We are the only podcast that plays Lee Moses and Salka back to back. And this is um, uh, the first song is called Porch and the second song is called Hollow Days off the brand new album by Salka on Lost Map. The album is called Take Care.
pretty little song. Yeah, a little double bubble, well crafted indie crop, indie, <laughs> indie, indie, indie crock, indie, indie rock, yeah, <laughs> indie rock on Lost Map Records. I like them both. Yeah, so um, yeah. whole record kind of have that same sort of vibe. Well, you know, I think I think Porch is actually a few years old. I think it's oh, okay. a bit of a compilation of the kids' work. Cool, uh, Lucas's work. Um, you know, and you mentioned like who I knew from that Axis. Um, I don't know Johnny, but I I know all the people in the Great Band Savage Mansion that I know have played on the show. Right, right, right. And you were you were talking about like L.A. punk rock dream bills. I'd like to think at some point in all around Scotland, perhaps the U.K., like bands like Sulka and Savage Mansion will get together and, and they'll be rocking and reeling. And Pictish Trail. Pictish Trail. Yeah. Fantastic band. Trio. Trio. You yeah. know, or, Have you uh, dug into them, Pictures Trail? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, you yeah. played them a little while back. I, I dug yeah. into that. I just think like Lost Map Records is, is like a really cool label. I, you know, I like labels like that that are uh, kind of doing their They're thing. They're running caravan homes on remote islands in Scotland. Right. You know, documenting their scene, cultivating yeah. a makes scene. My label, makes my label feel like it's run from a palatial estate. Instead of a thirteen hundred square foot home in Des Moines, but I imagine their um, weather is quite similar. Yeah, uh, probably. So, and of course, they depend on completely green energy. To I think there's maybe sixty people that live on the island, right? And um, wow. hopefully they're doing all right. So right. Well, shout out. Good to, place to go, like, you know, to avoid the COVID-19. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, don't shout spread out to, it around Ike. To Johnny. Uh, I see him on social media. He's, I mean, that's maybe why I thought you knew him, is I thought you've interacted with him a bit. It seemed like yeah, it I've was interacted with him a bit. more friendly or, you know. Yeah, I haven't slept on adjacent couches with him <laughs> like you have, you and I have. You know? Well, that's that's true. Uh, yeah, I haven't gone to cool food court. That's you know, that's right. Like that with yeah. with cameras rolling. Shout out to uh, Matt's barbecue tacos in Portland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going strong. I imagine. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and um, the food trucks I imagine are pretty much. Uh, they're doing great. You know, same. Yeah. You know, not slowing down at all. So good. Uh, one day soon, you'll be out here again. We'll do it again. Oh, I look forward to that. Yeah. Um. Uh, all right. Well, what do you? What's your feeling? What's your impression? What's your take on the jam? You're asking me. I'm asking you. Well, the jam. I thought oh, the jam were like a really important band to me when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and I listened to them all through my collegiate years, and I loved twenty, thirty of their songs, yep. and that are songs that I know quite well. And the Style Council, like a handful. And With Paul um, Weller's later band, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just one of those things, you know, that I got into and like had one of my dear friends, Rich Walker, who's the biggest XCC fan I've ever known in my life. He was a huge fan of the jam. Yeah. And, um, you know, I kind of leaned more towards the, at the time, as a teenager, leaned more towards like the, Echo and the Bunny Man, mm-hmm. New Order, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Axis. So, it, like you know, the Jam, I I just thought were really 
they were like a vehicle to discover other things really sure i, I think they're sure. fantastic you know sure like, it's it's interesting that you say it that way because it's true and and my experience with the jam was uh probably similar to yours I'm a few years younger so it's like, to me it was like a soundtrack a, of my teenage a little years. later yeah and um but keep in mind like I am like 53 and you're 36 and so <laughs> yeah right there is that <laughs> thanks yeah. bob appreciate that um but uh but you're right, and I always thought of them, and I think it's, you know, pretty true, that they were a nod back to the past at the same time this music in the late 70s, 1977, London punk rock, it was propelling music forward. The jam was also really nodding back to the 60s, with the mods and the who in particular. And then later as they evolved, um, they were nodding back to uh, soul and uh, Otis Redding. Yes, it's funny. Like I never really thought about it that way. Yeah. And but Curtis I mean, like, Mayfield. I can see like how everybody did that, but like, it's, it, it's, it was just all instantaneous back then. Yeah. Like, I guess for me, discovering it, you know, 10 years after the fact in the late 80s instead of the late 70s. I remember 70s. seeing people with punk rock jackets on that had, like, whatever, black flag, sex pistols, and the jam on there. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. And so, I, there was that, too. Like, was, it was just like, they were just, like, part of the group. Like, they were just sure. like, okay, they were almost like the chill-out room of, like, 1983. Sure, sure. And I guess I just always saw this with with all of the music that they did this reverence for the past that you kind of, I don't know. I, I didn't, when I was getting into punk rock in the, in the eighties, you know, like 10 years after the fact, um, I saw them as revering their past. Whereas a lot of the other contemporaries were, uh, yeah, trashing it and separating themselves from the past. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, uh, and I'm still That's not sure where I'm going to go. Um, Paul Weller. Paul Weller. Yeah, you can go in a number of places. So. Um, maybe I'll play. So I'm going to do a demo. You know, the, the jam. What, what can I say? What can you say about the jam that we haven't said before? Either you know them and you love them, or you haven't heard them. In which case, um, you know, I feel lucky for you because you get to experience. Or you can just be, be like me, like you know, like their 25 biggest hits, and you just roll with them. Fair, like fair enough. And so. For you and for those like you, and hopefully I can split the difference, <laughs> I'll play a demo version of one of the songs from their first album called Slow Down, which if you know... Yeah, I know that one. You know that one. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, it's it's kind of a rave up. This is a demo version, so it's a little rougher, um, and it's kind of a deeper cut in that sense. But it gives kind of that 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 raw feel of... You know, it's rock and roll, but it's kind of filtered through that punk sensibility that was going on in the in the you know early nineteen. Could have been listening to Martin Newell. You, you yeah. could have, yeah. He he maybe came a couple years later, but um, here you go. Slow he started down. in eighty. What, what, this the is Sam Price started like what seventy seven. This is seventy seven, but you know, here yeah. I'll, I'll 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 play it and then we'll we'll talk more. Slow down, the demo version. One two okay. three four. <laughs> 
Serious early doors for them. Yeah, and um, as a, that's a cover. It's an old um, R&B song by a guy named Larry Williams. Um, so, you know, but it, it kind of... Well, that sh- was what it was, though. It, was just, it absolutely like, is amped up R&B. That's, that's 100% yeah. what it was. But, you know, and, and maybe I'm going to do this. I don't know if... I'll, you tell me if you want... I'll play the whole song if you want. But to show how influential they were to the rest of the punk scene... And I know this song came out prior to the Sex Pistols version. Um, you know, in the city, right? This jam song. Yeah. Um, total, you know, the bass line, the beginning of the song is, is basically um, uh, Holiday. Holidays in the Sun, right? Is that the, is that the song? Yeah. Sex Pistols? Yeah. So, like, here, I'll play it. You, you slay it. You know, you know, you know the song, right? In the city by the jam, and I'll kind yeah. of, I'll, I'll kind of call out how similar it is. Um, you know, when the bass line comes in, you know, it's like Johnny. We're on a holiday in other people's misery. Yeah. 
know, but I think that's a good example. This is basically amped up R and B. Oh, great example but because it's like it's they ran a tight ship they did and you know it's like they definitely had one foot in the past but they were propelling the music forward in a different way from a lot of their contemporaries and i you but know, don't you think in a lot of ways that like they would just like want to play places where like as you called amped up r&b like wasn't being played like so like sure in, in, instead of like so they wanted to they kind of presented themselves like in a safe way while being like modern, but at the same time, they didn't want to scare anybody. They wanted to like, it was just a kind of a conservative approach to what was going on. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I've, I've thought about well, it a little music bit. music and like, like everything about it's like kind of tight lipped. And uh, like Weller's like always like seemed like he was, you know, tight. Lit that I don't I, know if that that he had commercial interests like obviously like the talent was there well the they tightness, were the good they, looks they were huge. very marketable band huge in the huge. UK so like, absolutely so like huge. I mean there was a you know marketable element for sure and you know it, so he didn't want to scare anybody off I, I yeah I I guess um, I don't know I'm not thinking for him uh, in you know, uh, 1979. Hard, Paul Weller, right? Like, Hard to say. I just think of it as like. Well, think about who was running clubs back then. It wasn't like stoned indie rockers or like reckless punk rockers. It was like you know venues where like, at least in the UK where they're from, that well, you know, there was a bit of skepticism in regards to punk rock and like they don't want the place shredded. So like, yeah, that, well, they were playing like a community hall or like a. Or a, or a dance ballroom. You yeah. just want your thing to happen. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, from that standpoint, I think they're different from the comparison that I'm going to make next, which is, in some ways, I think of them, and in, in, in follow me with this, okay? Let me, I let will. Me, let me, uh, let, I'll try. Okay, let me, uh, let me make the case, and then you can, you can circle back. Best shot, Pat, I almost start. I almost see them as a slight precursor and a... Uh, UK version of kind of what the replacements were doing in some ways, where they were acknowledging, <laughs> acknowledging and referential to a lot of the earlier music that came f- before them, and filtering it through their own You're talking perspective. About musically, I'm talking right? musically. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about like the right. p- the politics of their no shows or. Right, exactly. I'm not talking about their live shows. I'm talking about like their their the way they filtered the music and their influences into the music that they put out. Um, I see the replacements as a lot of ways very similar. You could see the influences. Well, now, if you think about early replacements, it's just like complete chaos. I'm not even like, talking about early replacements. I mean, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, but but even still, there was Johnny's Gonna Die, which jam. is mellower, you know. Like I'm I'm talking about well, like that's reverence for Johnny Thunders for I mean. sure. But you can you can see where they came from and what they were into and how it filtered through their music throughout the span of their career. Well, I know for, the replacements way better, and they were way into like being out of their skulls and i well, don't know if the jam are like that. of course no i mean i don't i don't think so i mean the, the jam if you went to a, see a live show you'd see a tight live show if you went to the replacements you, i think the influences who were knows 
you know, perhaps quite similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Similar. I mean, they would, they would certainly converge around bands like the who and a lot of the classic rock bands, but I think they diverged in that um, the jam were definitely into much more R and B and, funk and that kind of came yeah. through later with the, the the last jam record and then into the style council um yeah no they got ultra smooth yeah i mean um and then the replacements they went from being a twin tone band to being what a sire band yeah right sire couple couple albums on sire three maybe. and they're good yeah yeah i mean i think they're I mean, the sound aesthetic was different, but the live show was sort of the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, obviously, we're, we're, I mean, they know Tommy Stinson's like a different version. Right, right. Or Bob's, I'm sorry, Bob's. Bob, Bob's a different, yeah. Tom, Tommy, yeah, I mean, come on. Um, it's just, it's a weird comparison, the replacements of the jam. Like, I mean, <laughs> well, but do you kind of get it, though? I mean... <clears throat> I sort of get it okay. in terms of their influence and what propelled them forward, and they were... I mean, the replacement thing has started a, just a few years later, and they're from Minneapolis. Right. I, I think they, and I guess where I'm trying to go is, at the beginning especially, they were on the verge or potentially in danger of being just the sum of their influences, but later through their own growth and through... Uh, the songwriting of Paul Weller and the songwriting of Paul Westerberg, two Paul W's, so there's another comparison. Um, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> completely I mean, coincidental. I, I didn't I didn't plan that. Um, but but through their talents, really. they kind of propelled themselves beyond just the sum a of the... podcast, Mike. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, trying. Um, like a big one. They, 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 they propelled themselves just beyond their influences and made an impact uh as songwriters and as bands so because i think otherwise you might have had the jam just be like i don't know like a forgotten footnote of you know what i mean you know what i mean like like if they were just an a mod revival you know, I mean, we could be talking about the Merton Parkas. A more successful, a, a, you know, right. Like a more successful Merton Parkas. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I'm going to end the show and I'll, I'll play an indie rock classic okay. <laughs> from 1992. Yeah. Um, and uh, Pete Kember, I know I played Spaceman 3 on the show. Pete Kember is a a guy that I toured with, very interesting character. He takes to rugby, Warwickshire. Um, obviously, there was a split. There were some pretty obvious personnel problems in Spaceman 3 where Jason Pierce went on to some sort of stardom was spiritualized. And like one of Pete Kemper's vehicles was a band called Spectrum. And this mm-hmm. is, I believe, their biggest hit. I'm going to play a big indie rock hit. From the album Soul Kiss, 1992, this is how you satisfy me. Very satisfactory discussion, by the way, of the replacements in the channel. Glad you liked it. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. Classic from Spectrum. Yeah, so, like, at the same time, like, that's obviously tied to, like, 60s and 70s psychedelic pop. And it's, like, almost like an artist, like, saying, okay, quit being weird, make a pop song. Right. You know, and and I think that was also filtered through, like, Jesus and Mary Chain and a lot of the other... Yeah, yeah, take what's going on. Right. Make us a pop song, so, because, like, you know, it's it's a business, mate. Yeah, yeah. But it was a good good pop song for sure. No, the he 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 came through big yep. style, mm-hmm. you know. So, and you, I mean, you can say the same thing about the jam, the replacements. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not Martin Newell. No, no. I mean, I guess uh, the difference is the, the replacements. Like they tried to be successful, but they they really never could quite break through in their. Oh come time. on! They were enormously successful uh i mean yeah. starting with like i mean like even when they were i mean let it be like well i mean one of the most and like i mean pleased to meet me and you know tim i mean come on they were i and guess even you know paul westerberg's solo career they were enormously successful what i mean they by, still are any you know yeah but what i mean by that is Way more successful than Husker Du or Bob Mould. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, they're. I think they're probably the second most successful rock band from Minneapolis, aside from Prince. Yeah, but even still, even despite that, that's a big rock and roll city. There, that's made a lot. And, well, Soul Asylum, they were yep. successful so, too. So I think Soul Asylum achieved bigger heights. Certainly, maybe is. Then there are, Replacements? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Soul Asylum's, you know, Runaway Train was a much bigger hit than anything the Replacements ever put out. But the Replacements right. are much more enduring. Um, and yeah, no, because, you know. For sure. But um, I, I guess... But, but Soul Asylum had their merits. Soul Asylum was a great band. They they absolutely were. I mean, in the early years... I mean, Seattle, same st- thing. Like, it's yeah. so weird, like, um, when you think about it, like... We, with the whole sub pop thing, it's a weird argument, you right? Know, like it, how it I, all works commercial with commercial success. I, I guess mean, I like, just mean like, and I've I've read a little bit about the replacements, and I remember when it was happening at the time. There was just such this expectation, and the label had this sense that they were going to be a big next big thing, and they just didn't quite make it through. You know, they had the video, they had "I'll Be You." And, you know, they were on Saturday Night Live and they completely sabotaged it. You know, I mean, their whole career is just a story of self-sabotage, one episode after another. Uh, well, they were kind of a bit fucked up. Well, like, yes, but like... And also, like, you know, combined with that, like, there was a little bit of like, you know, come on, let's... Yeah, I don't know how that ever worked, okay? I, I mean, I, I mean, not to like, psychoanalyze them, but... I experience, like, you know, like, they gave away... A certain amount of control of what they were doing, right? Right, and they was Man. you know in some ways they just resented it and wanted to tear it down at the same time they wanted to build it up, which was interesting case. I didn't know this particular podcast would devolve into a discussion of the replacements <laughs> in their career, but like. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like jazz, man. You know, we don't have it scripted. We just, we just improvise. <laughs> it's like <laughs> just, jazz. It's like jazz. It's like shitty jazz. <laughs> 
But like, uh, anyways, uh, tomorrow night we'll go to Canada. <laughs> we'll be a little bit We've more got, on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dave Schunderbeek. Dave, Dave Schunderbeek. Um, yeah, the excellent Dave Schunderbeek. He will so be actually, joining us. Tell yeah. us how, how you pronounce the name. I, I, I yeah, maybe it's Schoon, it could be Schunderbeek. Who knows? Yeah, yeah we'll find he'll, out. He'll night. he'll he'll uh, school he'll us. Correct us and laugh he'll, at us, and, and we're going to play a lot of Canadian. Rock yeah. and roll music. All, all um, Canadian, uh, episode 150. I'm excited for it. No, um, it's going to be great. We had a special guest, first time in weeks. Right, right. And so, we got stickers available, and um, I've got a game plan for, for making them available. I love for it. Very, very cheap and for charity. So, uh, uh, Oh, you, look at you. Man yeah, plan. You know, all right. Well, thank I'm you, a sir. businessman. You are. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, sleep well, my man. You too. And, uh, uh, love you as always. See you and I. See you and I. Love you too. And uh, yeah. be well. Thank you, everyone. Uh, stay safe and uh, you know, love each other. Stay okay. safe when it's minus seven degrees. Yeah. What the hell are you? Yeah. No. Stay inside. Stay. Yeah. yeah. We don't all live in Des Moines, thankfully, but. Well, y'all should. <laughs> it would we be need a party. more of you. You're more than welcome at all <laughs> okay. four of our awards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. Sleep I'll, well, my man. I'll vote in the Talk Iowa caucus. Night. Okay. All right. Love you. Cheers.